technology advances continue to redefine banking, both for the institutions and for their customers. Joining us on the podcast is Jean-Pierre Lacroix, head of the Canadian branding and design firm SLD. He'll tell us what banks in North America can learn from overseas about the latest tech and how to put it to work. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the managing editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. Where's the leading edge of design and technology in banking, and how is it changing the industry? Our guest this week is Jean-Pierre Lacroix, president of Toronto-based design firm SLD. He's here to tell us that U.S. and Canadian financial institutions have some things to learn from banks elsewhere in the world. JP, welcome to the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. Well, thank you, Terry. I'm really excited about participating on your podcast and sharing some insights on where we believe the banking industry is going and, uh, and how they can remain relevant and competitive. JP, let me start by asking you about the role that design plays for traditional financial institutions and how that role has been changing for banks and credit unions as technology improves and as fintechs come in and redefine the space. Given that banks want customers to associate them with trust and stability and security, how much room is there for them to seek out a truly distinctive look and feel? Well, the banks truly embrace design and design practices to help differentiate themselves and create the ideal customer experience. You know, we're very fortunate uh, to see our clients, you know, integrate design thinking, agile, nimble processes, things that we take for granted as we help our clients transform their brands. You know, this philosophy of the importance of design and, and making those connections with consumers goes all the way down to how is that relationship being fostered between digital and physical and human. You know, what is the role of uh, the frontline staff, the financial advisors, and what is the role of the physical built environment? And then obviously, how does that intersect with digital technology? And that's where design plays a critical role because we own the insights from the consumer. We look from a customer's perspective of where are those friction points and where are those connection points? And we help facilitate that transformational process. What's important is we realize that the pandemic has accelerated a lot of these digital transformation at the cost, really, of putting in question the relevancy of the branches. And we need to realize that consumers, customers, irrespective of their age, put a lot of value in the built environment, meeting with their bankers and having conversations. But what the pandemic has done is it has shifted the relevancy of the branch from being transactional. Now they can do it on their mobile device or online or at an ATM, towards more consultative selling. And that has kind of challenged the old models. You know, how do you transform a branch that is in billions of dollars of transactions daily? How do you transform that branch into an advice center? And how do you migrate your customers to that journey of being more digitally savvy and then using the branch for different purposes, focused on advice, focused on, you know, reducing customers' financial anxiety in looking at how they can manage their finances for their future. A lot of big questions that you're raising there, and we'll explore some of those in greater depth as we go on. But before we do that, I, I want to ask you, your company, SLD, talks about a concept that you call 
owning the blink factor. And this is something that you say is a critical branding element for financial services providers. Tell us more. What is the blink factor? Why is it so critical? And how does a bank get to own it? The blink factor actually was inspired 32 years ago when we were doing work for Pizza Hut. And consumers were calling Pizza Hut Red Roof. So when we dug deeper into why they were calling it Red Roof versus Pizza Hut, we realized that the customers make decisions visually and emotionally, and, and they use color and shape as the key driver. And then when you look at the banking industry with the numerous numbers of banks, I mean, at the last count, there are 6,000 plus financial institutions in the U.S. alone. And how do you differentiate your financial institution from your competitors is all about making that blink factor, that split second emotional connection with the consumer. And why that's important is there's been recent studies like the Monista study that identified that the more emotionally connected banks are with their customers, the higher the level of loyalty, the more they invest and willing to pay more for their services, the longer they stay with that financial institution. So the blink factor is that bridge of connecting emotionally with the consumer as they're interacting with the bank. It could be online, it could be in the built environment, uh, their branch network, or it could be intersecting on their assisted channels, you know, their chats and uh, telephone services. But what's important to understand is a blink factor is that impression the bank is making that effectively connects with the consumer on an emotional level. Trying to create that that connection. A lot of banks are looking toward personalizing the customer experience to do that, trying to create a relationship with customers that feels customized to their specific wants and needs. This is a, a major theme within banking these days, both for traditional institutions and for the newer challengers out there. How is this desire to connect emotionally at an individual level? How is it affecting how banks think about their branding and design? We uh, just recently completed a major study on, uh, we call it the fizzy digital transformation status. And what we did is we interviewed uh, close to 450 executives within the banking industry in the U.S. And we asked them, what is the state of their transformation, not just digital, but across all of HR, marketing, operations, channel, I want to look at what stage of their transformation were they at and what were the challenges and risks. And in that study, what we identified is the concern by executives on two major dimensions. One of them is that the technology is for technology's sake and not effectively connected to the needs of humans. And that's a very big concern for bankers and executives. And the second one is that there's a significant skill gap and capability within the banking industry to manage that transformation. So when you look at those two factors, they're really anchored in a humanistic issue happening in banking. You know, the banks have been done a fantastic job of managing their digital transformation. And yes, the banks are at different stages of that transformation. But what's important to understand is, where's the future? And the future is better connection of digital technology, physical technology, staff training and engagement with the needs of the customers. And obviously personalization is just one of those factors. And we think personalization is AI, it's the use of technology in reality. Personalization is as simple as 
the bank staff recognizing the customer by their first name, building a relationship with that customer every time they come and visit the branch, having those one-on-one -on -one relationships, build trust, build confidence, build rapport, and assist customers at building relationships with banks that go far beyond the transaction. We've been sort of talking in a general sense here, so let's zoom in a little bit. Who do you think is using design well, using branding well, generally being transformative in North America? And what is it that they're doing that makes you think that? I truly believe that Regions Bank, which is one of the largest regional banks, and uh, U.S. Bank are doing a phenomenal job of, of shifting the customer journey from transaction to advice. And I would say that Bank of America and Wells Fargo or other great banks that have looked at the customer needs when it comes to a built environment and have put design as an important factor. It goes all the way to the organization's acceptance of innovation. Do these banks have innovation labs? Are they testing different technologies and engaging customers? Are they testing different layouts of branches? Are they testing different transaction zones and engagement zones? and how to reduce the anxiety of customers and, and provide a higher level of financial advice. They end up being a lot of great examples and standards that other banks try to achieve. But I would say that all in all, most banks today are taking a serious look at their customer experience when it comes to their built environments. They're realizing that the opportunity to grow market share, as noted in TD's most recent announcement that they're putting a greater focus on their retail channel is that they know that the retail channel is where they can drive growth. It's in the retail channel that they can build relationship with their customers and provide that financial advice that they can't really do in digital platforms. And so I would say any bank that is looking at transforming from a transaction to a advice center are really doing a great job of integrating design and design thinking in the process. You're on the road a lot to keep up with clients and to observe trends. So what have you seen lately that looks to your experienced eye like it may be at that forward edge of technology, design and branding within financial services? And where are you seeing this? Well, unfortunately, you're not seeing it in North America. I think the US and Canada are, are about 10 years behind a lot of other markets. Maybe it's due to the number of financial institutions, or, or maybe it's just the conservative nature of the population in North America. But when I look at true innovation, and it's one of the key reasons why we've opened an office in China and we focused on the banking industry there, I would say China is truly the bellwether, the benchmark of where the future banking is going. You know, if you really want to look at the future, I always say to our clients, just spend $1,500, take a plane ride to China and spend two weeks there visiting branches and bankers and having conversations with them. You know, they are further ahead on the adoption of the digital wallet. They're further ahead on the frictionless technology. I mean, I can go to a, a branch in China and open an account, get a credit card, get a debit card without ever coming in contact with a banker. Right. So they've eliminated a lot of the friction points that today in North America we still face. And so I would say that China, they're much more advanced in digital technology, much more advanced in the use of digital signage within their branches. 
Where I think there are less advances in the sales choreography and and some of the more humanistic aspects of the banking, which I think the U.S. do a really good job, but there's still a lot of room for growth. I think when I look at the migration of uh, physical to digital and the use of branches to train customers on the use of online and mobile applications and the resistance of the employees of training those customers, that's cultural. And that's something that training will help solve in North America. Along with those things that you just mentioned, in your travels in China, what else are you seeing that may be on point with this, things that are really sort of pushing the edge of innovative design, innovative use of technology? Well, there's many. I mean, one of the the most obvious is further development of digital signage. For example, in a lot of the institutions that we do work with, we leverage their large windows as digital billboards. And, And there's new technology called LED strands that can be put in the windows that during the daytime, you still see visibility within the branch, which is always a security issue. But at nighttime, those windows become large billboards that communicate what the institution stands for, some of the offers they provide. It provides a canvas in which the institution can market their customers after the branch hours are closed. There's the use of augmented and virtual reality. Institutions in China are further developed. When we did, you know, five years ago, the Jusheng Bank, we used virtual reality as a way of helping educate customers on financial products and services. We use augmented realities and QR codes, which are really embedded in the culture of the Chinese populations on the use of technology. So those are all aspects uh, that uh, are pervasive that could easily be applied. I know that QR code adoption in the U.S. is low, but we're seeing that increasing significantly, and that will help better integrate digital technology mobile devices with a bank's marketing communication. The other area would be queuing. You don't queue in China. You check in. You can make an appointment ahead of time to engage with whoever service provider you want within the bank. And that allows for frictionless experience. It also allows the banks to manage their resources effectively. And we're seeing more and more of that. Engageware is a company in the U.S., that specializes in making a platform for banks for appointment setting. They have demonstrated that banks that have implemented what is right now standard in China has improved the customer's net scores, uh, engagement scores, and uh, customer loyalty. So those are really important things that we're going to see more and more happening in North America as we want the branch to have a much more focused purpose in providing advice. JP, we've been talking about these new technologies, these new ways of doing things. When I talk on this podcast with banking people about technology, knowing how fast things change, I try to get them to look five to 10 years out and make a bold prediction. So let me ask you to do that. Let me ask you to wrap up our conversation today by telling us what you expect to see coming in the next decade or so that might come as a surprise to those listening here. I don't think it'll come as a surprise. I truly believe that most leading financial institutions are looking five and 10 years out. They're doing a lot of strategic foresight on what is the landscape going to look like and how do we respond well before they become issues or how to capitalize on opportunities from the future. And one of those would be biometric. One of the studies we did was to look at COVID-19, the impact in the banking sector, which we did last year. One of the things customers were looking for is touchless technology. 
not just because of the pandemic, but because it is an additional friction point. So biometric that's already built into our phones is going to be something that is going to eliminate a lot of friction points. Heaven forbid there's future COVID cases or a new strain of virus five or 10 years down the road. Biometrics allow us to manage people entering the branch. Are they masked? They're not masked. Will they be allowed in or not? These are all things that will eliminate the friction point. That would definitely be my number one technology. The other one, obviously, that is in planning or implementation stage is AI. I mean, the challenge today is that banks have migrated, have grown through acquisitions of different institutions, and they don't really have a single view of the customers. And that's why a lot of them are migrating to Salesforce to have that single view of the customer across all of their products. That will create a strong platform for the integration of artificial intelligence in both security and personalization. And I think those two technologies are going to have a huge impact on the banking industry, both from a customer experience standpoint and how the customers engage with financial institutions. And as those and other technologies embed themselves deeper into the operational side of banking, we'll also see them leveraged more for design and branding purposes too. So JP Lacroix from SLD in Toronto, many thanks again for joining us on the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. Thank you very much, Terry. A few takeaways from our conversation with J.P. Lacroix from SLD. First, he sees a number of banking institutions integrating design and technology into their effort to engage customers. To him, this is a sign that banks are growing more serious about improving the customer experience in their built environments. This is especially the case in the retail branch channel, where relationships can be built and the emphasis is shifting toward providing financial advice. But he says when it comes to being at the front edge of innovation, U.S. and Canadian banks and credit unions are a decade or so behind many other markets. His travels tell him that the bellwether for the future of banking is China, which is ahead on digital wallet adoption and friction-reducing technology, as well as in using the branch to train customers on the use of online and mobile applications. And finally, when JP looks out toward the next five to 10 years, he sees a couple of technologies transforming North American banks. One is biometrics, which offers the advantage of touchless technology. The pandemic has highlighted the value of touchless, but beyond that, it simply reduces friction all around. Another is AI to put data to work and help banks with both security and personalization. Thank you for listening to the BAI Banking Strategies Podcast. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor at BAI. Please visit us at BAI.org for more actionable insights on themes that are important for the financial services industry.